Uh, good morning, everyone. I hope that you had a very uh, Merry Christmas and that you're uh, getting ready for a great new year to God's glory. I, I wanted to let you know that in this season of giving, uh, God continues to bless the New York church. He's added uh, Tony and Jolisa King to our staff. They're going to be uh, leading our EDGE ministry, the singles ministry. Uh, so we'll be praying for them. And I want to especially thank uh, Beam and Nicole Taolawi for uh, their service for the entire TIP team and how they've stood in the gap. And, and yet God continues to uh, smile on this ministry by adding a full-time couple uh, to our singles ministry, which should be so exciting uh, for the new year. Uh, we've I've been doing this series, God Is, God Is, and I hope that uh, it's been encouraging to your soul. I know it has been to mine. Uh, we have our final message today uh, on uh, the subject, God Is Awesome. Now, that topic is overwhelming. Uh, God is awesome. All we have to do is go back and, and look at all the, the messages that we've heard and we see that God is awesome. Uh, we've looked at the fact that God is zealous and God is faithful and God is light and God is love and uh, God is merciful and God is, is patient and long-suffering. God is wise. Uh, God is unstoppable. And here we, we start, we're ending with uh, God is awesome. Well, when you think about the fact that God is awesome, I think we have to go back where we started. And uh, Steve Kennard got us started off uh, in a great way by talking about how God is the great I am. So back in Exodus chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 13, the Bible says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. So what does that tell you? God is awesome because of who God is. Because of what he does, but because of who he is. I mean, God in his very nature, in his existence, is an awesome God. He is the self-sufficient God without beginning, without end. He is unchanging, forever the same. He is never increasing, never decreasing. Uh, he is the autonomous God. God is dependent on no one for anything, and yet everything and everyone is dependent on him for everything. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. I mean, brothers and sisters, all I can tell you is God is awesome because of his amazing attributes, but because of his very existence and what he has done and continues to do makes him an incredible and awesome God. And when God took the Israelites through the Red Sea 
And when they got on the other side of it, Moses uh, praised God. In Exodus 15, verse 11, he said, as, as they had landed on the other side of the Red Sea, he said, uh, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. And we have to stop and, and, and ask the questions just like Moses did. God, who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. No one compares to God. He is amazing. And each day, I think we need to take time to stop and to consider how awesome, amazing God is. And allow that to sink into our hearts and touch our souls. You know, Moses went on to, to ask God to show him his glory. And in Exodus 34, uh, verse 5, it says, And the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. And this is what makes God awesome. He is just. He is loving. He is gracious. He is compassionate. He is eternal. And we could go on and on and on and on. We could spend the next year focused on the amazing uh, virtues, attributes, and nature of, of God and 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 it be endless because of who he is because of what he does because he holds the 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 universe the galaxies everything within the palm of his hand uh god is awesome brothers and sisters and he is the same yesterday today and forever he never has to change he never will change because he is perfect. Uh, you know, when I was studying the Bible, I, I had questions about the existence of God. Is there really a God? And uh, the, the, the individual who studied the Bible with me at the time, his name was Steve Pipkin, uh, we, we went out uh, one afternoon and the sun was setting. And he asked me, he said, Sam, you see that? I mean, for that to happen, something amazing has to be in control. And it, it just made sense to me. As the psalmist says in Psalm 19 and verse 1, he says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes into all the earth. The words to the end of the world. Just stop and look at what God has made. And the perfection and power 
it takes to sustain the universe, to sustain the earth. I mean, God, he, he laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of his hands. He determines the number of stars, which are millions upon millions. And as the Bible says in one, Psalm 147, he calls them each by name. As I stop and consider, I get up in the morning and I think about the fact that God has given me the breath of life. And when I look around in this world and see what's going on today, uh, I know that it's only by the grace and the goodness of God that I've, I have life today. And as I look at what's going on in, in, with our world, with this pandemic and the, the massive loss of life, I stand in awe because I know that my life, my family, every blessing, everything I have is because an awesome God continues to show me love and grace and mercy. And that even when this life is over, he's given me hope beyond this life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is an awesome God. He meets every need. He knows each and every one of us the number of hairs on our head, and nobody cares for us more than God does. I am amazed at who he is. And so the question I have for us today is not is God awesome because that's undebatable. But the question is, do we stand in awe of God? Do we have an overwhelming reverence, admiration for God. Do we stand, as the Bible says Noah did, in holy fear by the realization of God's amazing character and presence and power and just his very existence? Are we in, in awe? Do we revere him? In the Psalm 145, the psalmist says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Every day we should exalt God. His greatness is is beyond our understanding. But we just need to, to take time to, to just consider who he is and what he's done and how he is holding it all in his hands and that he is above all things and beyond all things. You know, when confronted with the presence of God, as we read the scriptures, uh, and, and we see men like Moses and Isaiah and Ezekiel and even the Apostle Paul, when they're confronted with the glory and the presence of God, they stood in awe. Now Moses, uh, as, as we go back to that burning bush, and he saw uh, God's presence. Uh, in Exodus 3 verse 4 it says, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him. 
within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. When men see the, the presence and the power of God, they cower and quiver in awe because his presence is so overwhelming. Isaiah, when the, the glory of God was presented to him, said in Isaiah 6 verse 5, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the, the, the Lord God Almighty. He stood in holy fear. Ezekiel, after the, the seeing all the, the, the greatness and the glory of God, uh, the Bible says that uh, in Ezekiel chapter 3 that Ezekiel sat down for seven days overwhelmed by the vision that God had brought to him. If we would take time to be still as we're told to and consider who God is, I think we too would be overwhelmed at who he is, at, at what he does, and, and just his very presence and power should make us stop and just go, oh my goodness, how great God is. You know, when you understand his greatness, it humbles you. It just makes you stop and go, man, I am nothing. And God is everything. I want to let you see a story here. Read, read a story here in Numbers uh, chapter 12. Uh, and we'll begin in verse 1. Because I think this shows uh, wh where we should go when we understand uh, how great our God is. In Numbers 12 verse 1 it says, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. For he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked. Hasn't he spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out of the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true for my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak up against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them. And he left them. And then in the message version, Numbers 12, verse 8, reads this way. It says, I speak to him. I speak to Moses intimately, in person, in plain talk without riddles. He ponders the very form of God. So why did you show no reverence or respect in speaking against my servant, against Moses? Now, the Bible says Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Well, that's what happens. When you see 
the awesomeness of God, it humbles you. And Moses was that humble man. And here come um, Aaron and Miriam just asking, well, why is God just working through him, which God had the, the right to do? And God challenges them and says, do you not revere me? Do, do you not stand in, in awe of who I am? Why do you question me? Why were you not afraid to, to contest me? Is what God is saying. Because when we understand who God is, it will make us stop and be still and really not rebel, not question not complain i mean who are we to even question the greatness or the, the thoughts or the ways of god and and here mary miriam and and aaron they're just at a bad place but when you stand in awe of god you stand in humility his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts i trust totally in him because of who he is. And I think that's where we need to be as people. Not that we can't ask questions. But at the end of the day, I know God is in control. And, and I will never go against him. Who am I to even think that I could? Now, one of the problems in our world today, I believe, is a lack of awe and reverence for God. I think we see it all around us. And in Romans chapter 1, the Bible reads, beginning in verse 18, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of their mortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. I believe sin is a consequence of a lack of reverence for God. Because when we understand who God is and we have that holy fear, we consider what must I do or what can I do to please him, to obey him. And we live in a world that's rebelling against God because they don't see God for who he is. They don't see his amazing power and his omnipotence. They don't see his holiness. And so when men are not seeking God or considering God, they go their own way as, as, as Paul tells us in Romans. They've turned away from, from God that although they knew God, they, they didn't glorify him as God. And they became futile. Their thinking became futile and it led them astray. That's the, that's the way of our world today. This is why we need to be in awe of God 
because it keeps us humble. It keeps us righteous. It helps us to continue to see our need for him. We don't want to be in that bad place. You know, the Bible tells us clearly in, in Psalm 111, verse 10, that the fear, the awe of God is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1, verse 7, the fear, the awe of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9, verse 10, the fear, the awe of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One and understanding. Do we stand in awe of God? Solomon concluded his letter in Ecclesiastes 12 by saying in verse 13, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, stand in awe of God, and keep his command, for this is the whole duty of all mankind. We should stand in awe of a great God because of who he is, because of what he does, because of his presence. And as we consider who we are, oh my goodness, it's only by God's goodness and mercy and grace that we're here today. And then we think about Jesus. How awesome is our God that he sent us Jesus. And as we prepare our hearts and minds to commune together, let's remember the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Our God is an awesome God. Let's pray together as we uh, remember his great love and sacrifice for us. Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for being who you are. You are the great I am. Thank you, God, that in your wisdom, that you, you sent your son Jesus to die for us, to take away all our sins. Thank you for his body that hung on the tree, that we could be redeemed. Thank you for his blood that continues to wash away our sins. We stand in awe. We thank you. We praise you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Have a great holiday season, a great new year.